Welcome to another episode of Infinity X, where we give a stage and microphone to human excellence in the pursuit of never-ending opportunities and merging ecosystems with world-renowned entrepreneurs and influencers. Now, here's your host, David Harder. Studios. We are Infinity X giving a stage and microphone to human excellence in the never ending pursuit of bringing value and looking to create infinite sales opportunities and infinite opportunities in general by having conversations with entrepreneurs, megapreneurs, and human excellence. And uh, folks, tonight is absolutely no different. I am super excited to have Rich Sanvanero in the office, uh, in, the, in, in the studio live with us tonight. Rich, how you doing, brother? Doing well. Thank you for having Excellent. me. Thank, um, no, thank you for being on. <clears throat> folks, again, we, replay as always on uh, weareinfinityx.com, weareinfinityx YouTube, Spotify, and Apple iTunes. And for those of you who don't know Rich, um, buckle your seatbelts. Uh, tonight, we're going to go deep into the law. Okay. Uh, so Rich is local to uh, our firm here. He's in Red Bank, New Jersey. And the name of the law firm is San Venero and Citadino. San Venero and Citadino. And Citadino. And so you can look them up with the website for it. It's the sclawoffice.com. So, <clears throat> so folks, I always, I, you know, and Rich, I always say that, you know, to understand where you're going, you have to understand where you're from. So tell me where you're from. Where'd you grow up? Sure. Grew up in Brooklyn, New York. Okay. I, I've, Everybody heard of the small town, small, small town Bensonhurst. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, oh, you grew up in Bensonhurst? Yeah. Did you? Oh, okay. Yeah. It, it's uh, totally different than what we see in Jersey. You actually have parking <laughs> spaces out here. You have driveways. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> over there, you got to move your car every other day. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. Grew up in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, went to school over there a few years. Moved. Um, couldn't afford all the tolls to get to Jersey in one shot. So I stopped in Staten Island for a few years. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then uh, came my, made my way out to Jersey. I came out here for uh, eighth grade. And I've been out here ever since. Excellent. And where'd you go to high school? I moved to Marlboro, New Jersey. Okay. I graduated Marlboro in 2006. Um, went to Brookdale for two years. 2006. Two God yeah. bless. Right. God bless. You, for all the success that you're having, you're such a young man. It's incredible. I love to learn. <laughs> I love to learn. <laughs> That's and, awesome. You know, I'm just hungry for more um, knowledge. That's what gets me going. Yep. So yep. I, um, I did the community university program. I always wanted to go to Rutgers. I always knew I wanted to be an attorney. So I knew, how do I do that? Let's keep college as low as possible. So I did the community university through Brookdale for two years. And I ended up transferring to Rutgers campus for my junior and senior year, graduated, and then uh, took a year off, studied for my LSAT, and then went to law school from there. Incredible. Incredible. Folks, if you have a question for Rich, please put it into the chat. We'll be made aware of that. We will answer the questions as they come through. Once again, we are infinityx.com. We are infinityx YouTube. And so yeah. Did you, did you have entrepreneurial spirit growing up? Like, did you know that you wanted like, or yeah. so do you just wake up one day and say, you know what? I'm going to be a lawyer. You know? <laughs> so if, if you ever met my family, they would tell you the story. This, this is the easiest story to start off with. Um, I was in sixth grade and I always loved to chew Wrigley's winter fresh gum. That was my favorite. I'd always, <laughs> if you needed gum, you'd always, you were the guy for it. Yeah. He'd ask me. Mm -hmm. and, and if everybody remembers, there was 25 cents for a pack of five sticks in there. And I'd go to school every day and by lunchtime, hey, Rich, can I get a piece of gum? Sure, no problem. I give out my gum and I realize for lunch, I don't have any gum to chew. So who's the sucker? So I, re <laughs> I realized, okay, yeah. there's a need here. <laughs> so there's a demand, there's a need. So I'd go to the bagel store every morning and this is in Staten Island and I'd go get 
a bagel. I go get my, whatever drink I'm drinking. And instead of buying one pack of gum, you buy two. I'd buy three or four. I'd buy a dollar's <laughs> worth. So, I'd buy, so now people, when I say, hey, Rich, you have a piece of gum? Sure. It's 25 cents a stick. If you want the pack, it's a dollar. Come on. Lucy's a sticks of gum That's here. It. Oh, it's, my it's God. So I, I did it all That's year. Fantastic. So at the end of every week, I'd have, I don't know, $30, $40 I'd get. And I realized, why am I spending money on the product i'll tell my mother to go to costco and get the book look at so. this yeah, <laughs> folks you're studying marketing distribution right you know inventory management right this is incredible so, by the way he was like seven when he was doing this. it's so unbelievable continue doing this now i had a best friend my best friend mike and you know he would be on the bus together we're in different classes all day yep. but i said listen there's a need there's product you know i i'll supply you the product and you keep 50 percent. so now we had two classes all day and we're making 30, 40 bucks a week. I mean, and when you're 12 years old, that's a lot of money because sure. now you can go to the movies, yep. you can buy the popcorn you want to buy, you can go to, you know, Wendy's, whatever you want to do as a kid. You're the guy that people want to be around. Exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah. So that was the start of, of seeing that there's always, a, if there's a need, fill the need with the service. So I was filling that service by buying the gum and bring it to school. That's phenomenal. What a story. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you continue that through high school? I mean, obviously the product probably escalated and, right. you know, you know, right. So no, I, I stopped it. After, <laughs> I stopped it after a little bit because people realize why, why I pay, you know, a tremendous amount of markup on it when, <laughs> when you can just go outside and buy it yourself. Oh, my God. But that's you know, good. when you're, when you're stuck and you have nowhere to go, that's, that's what the that's supply and demand athlete in high school or, um, or worker. In my mind, I was a great athlete. Oh, of course, I, we all were, right? Yeah, <laughs> I know. I should have been shortstop for the Yankees, but um, I, you know, I, I did, I did start playing golf a little bit in high school. I didn't try for the golf team. It, I wasn't ready for that at that point in life. Um, I did play football in high school. Um, as if anybody knows the area, um, Marlboro High School, we weren't tremendously great, huh. but we did have, uh, we did get hard. We went up 300% in wins because we had zero wins the year before. And when, when I started playing, we had three wins. So, so. listen, that's maximum. ROI right, right there, folks, you right. know, 300% increase in victory <laughs> as a result of exactly. <laughs> um, but still, it, it never got better from there. So uh, it was hard. <laughs> but uh, yeah, from there, I, I'm big into golf, love golf, uh, baseball, I like and, you know, obviously, as we get older, my friends start falling off, they don't want to play baseball, they go move into softball. Right. And that and so I would play softball too. Yep. And folks, um, this is something that it's just a sidebar note um, for all of you out there. Um, if you play golf or if you don't play golf, um, I think that you'll be able to resonate with this. It is not common. In fact, it, it's a it's a rarity that anybody who plays golf. And by the way, I'm talking PGA Tour professionals. I'm talking everybody hits a hole in one. This man does not have one, but has two hole in ones on his belt. Talk to me about that, brother. Four days ago, right? Four days ago? Four days ago. Yes. Tell, tell me what happened. One. I was very lucky. Like you said, most people that enjoy the game of golf, we go out there and it doesn't matter if you're, if you're Tiger Woods or you're the newest person playing golf, it's possible for anybody to do, but it's such a hard achievement to accomplish. Yep. And you need it's a little incredible. bit of luck and you need a little bit of skill too. Yeah. Um, I was fortunate enough where I, my, both my home ones were hit with great golf shots. Thank God. So that story, I don't have to say, Oh, I hit it off a rock, hit, hit the wall. Cause, <laughs> that, yeah, cause that'd be very, embar right. yeah, that'd yeah, be very yeah. embarrassing. Now, but <laughs> I was, I got my, that sounds more like me, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I got my two home ones um, within the last two years, one, four days ago and one a year ago and uh, two different courses. 
onto different par three. So it was nice to see that feed. First one I did was at a Colts Neck Golf Club okay. on hole number seven. If anybody's played there and knows it, it's a shorter par um, par three. I think it was 104 yards that day. Pitch it, it, it was. I actually used a sand wedge that day. Oh, my God. Days. Folks. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> I'm a hack, right? You know, I, you know, I shoot 90 on my best day. And, um, you know, a sand wedge, I probably put 75 yards. He did 104 yards sand wedge on a part. I mean, okay. I had, had a good shot. Yeah. I remember, I remember the way it was, is the pin is sitting in, um, on the, like the bowl part of the screen. So when I say the bowl part, it's not completely flat. There's ridges and there's hills. So I dumped the ball on a good golf shot behind the pin and it starts spinning back. So now I'm walking to the cart saying, all right, probably a good shot. Oh, so you didn't even know. No. So my friend goes, wait, the ball's still moving. I said, what do you mean it's still moving? So I'm looking, we're watching it. It's coming. And it it was like a delayed reaction. Like it was about five seconds of watching this ball, which should have, I don't. And you're in awe, right? I mean, your heart has to be just It it didn't fall in the hole yet. So it's watch it. So I'm trying to like focus and say, what are you looking at? So now we finally see it and it disappears. And now, now that it hits you. It feels like you're what? having the heart attack, but you're euphoric. You don't know what to do. Like you scream, you jump. What did you do? What did so you- thank God I was playing with two other people. So now that we know that that it's a real story. legit, right? right. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's verification out there. Right. So yeah. um, jump up and down, you get so happy. But now what? What the hard part is your next tee shot. So you go to your next hole and you better not mess up that next shot because you can't follow a hole in one with the, with like snubbing it. Right? Yeah. So I <laughs> put the ball in the fairway, ball, right? maybe yeah. the next one might've been a duff, but, <laughs> but it was, uh, it was good. I was like, listen, as long as I got off the tee, I was good. Yep. Yeah. Um, the other one that happened the other day, I was at battleground, um, country club. Now was this an outing or what was this? So the one at Colts Neck was just a regular round. Okay. The one at battleground, it was a, um, it was a member guest. Okay. I was invited by my friend, Rich, Richie Lemuro to play in it. Um, so we went last Thursday. And um, we're on, I think it's hole 14 now, okay. Battleground. Okay. And it's a part three. It was playing at 135. Um, little wind in our face that day. So I was um, in between, <laughs> I was in between clubs. People were like, please, I can barely hit a shot. I, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be pompous, but I was in between clubs. So I be pompous. Okay. <laughs> Two hole in ones. You have a, your new nickname is going to be pompous from now on. Right. <laughs> so I, I, please. Grabbed, I grabbed my pitching wedge. Yep. And I, and I just gave them this because we were talking and, and Richie and his brother that I was playing with, they're good golfers, but we we're talking about being in between clubs and how to hit that shot. So mm-hmm. what happens is we're saying, you know, it's not worth going to your backswing and then slowing it down because you're going to mess up your shot. Yep. Most people do that. Yep. They'll say, if you need to go, if this is my hundred yard club and I have to go 80 yards, then I only have to go 80% of, of um, the speed down or I'll go up hundred percent and like, I'll stop my hands. That's a no, no. Yeah. That will, it's going to that will cause you to hazel. That's yeah, yeah. right. Right. Yeah. Or dribble it. So I, I was saying that I said, listen, you have to go back your 80% way. So if it's a hundred percent, if it's hundred yards for hundred percent, go to 80% and swing through. Mm-hmm. So I said, I'm in between clubs too. And I said, this club, I should hit 140, 145. So I did the same thing. I went 80% or 90% and hit the shot. Now I'm Just watching flush flush. And I, I said, yeah. wow, looking, I'm like, this, this shot's really good. Right. Um, looking, I said, I'm going to be like next to the pin. What I would do watching, watching it drops in and now it's, it's rolling. Now I didn't, I don't play there enough to realize that this green is completely flat when you get up there. So I'm thinking there's some kind of Ridge or a Hill, um, so I hit the shot and I see it bounce, bounce, and it, it drops in. But this time I didn't have that hard attack or euphoric moment because I didn't think it really went in. Yeah, like, yeah. like it can't be that simple. <laughs> I, I just saw that happen that way. So we're looking, we're looking like, you know, let's drive up there. Yeah. And once we got close there, 
the, it had to be the pin is right in the middle and there had to be at least 10 or 15 yards around the pin of just green. So I knew that that shot did not go past that. Cup. And folks and folks, hold on a second, because the evidence is, is <laughs> I, I have uh, Danny. I don't know if you can get a close up on that right there, but I got the evidence right there. That is my man collecting his hole in one four days ago. Unbelievable. Right next to that one is yeah. probably the second, the one from. By the way, year. who's Moose? That's Richie Lemure. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. got it. That's his nickname. Yeah. So I can't speak to that. We got to have him <laughs> no, on that's, one that's, day. That's on a different episode. I, I think folks. that came from a frat house uh, nickname. Oh, I don't know. God. I don't know the yeah. background to that. Right. He'll speak to that. Okay. He's a great guy. <laughs> um, but that was, yeah, that was my. Uh, my two stories, my hole in one. Thank God, like I said, none of them were dribbled shots. None of them were hit off a curb or something. So they were they were legitimate shots. Folks, we are Infinity X replay. We are InfinityX.com, pursuit of human excellence. We're joined by Rich Sanvanaro, uh, co-founder, co-founder? Yes, yeah, yes. Um, of uh, Sanvanaro and, and Citadino. And Citadino uh, right here in Red Bank, New Jersey. And, uh, you know, listen, we're talking about golf entrepreneurs out there, there's massive relevance to what we're talking about. And the next question that I have for Rich, and we're going to dive deep in it, uh, deep into it here in a couple of moments, but Rich, have you invested in your golf game? Yes. Talk about that a little. multiple ways. So obviously it, it, the generic answer everybody's thinking about is, Oh, what clubs do you own and buy and money put into it? But it's not really, it's more than that. It's more into the atmosphere of where you play the people you play around and the people that you just surround yourself with. Yep. And when you, a great answer that I have here is I'll speak about what equipment I play with in a second, but more or less, I get a lot of my business from playing golf when I'm on, uh, when sure. I'm on there, because people take interest in, you know, in you, when you're playing four hours, they want to know a little bit about where you come from. You have family in the area. Where do you live? What do you do for work? And, once I say what I do for work, the next question is, oh, do you do, you do this? Do you do that? Sure. And um, I've gotten a lot of business from there. I've been able to pass business to people that I've met because, listen, you, you get to learn somebody for four hours. You fall in love with them. And you know what? And sometimes they become your best friend. You know, it's so interesting also that you shared about equipment, right? <clears throat> so, you know, our business is, is comprehensive total financial planning, right? Epic financial strategies. We're a one-stop shop financial wellness center, right? Insurance, planning, assets, all, all of that. And, um, you know, a lot of times when I'm meeting clients for the first time, uh, I'm talking to them about <clears throat> what's their strategy for retirement distributions, right? Because, uh, and I liken it to climbing Mount Everest, right? There's two sets to the journey of climbing Mount Everest. There's the climb up the mountain, but what's the point of get, you know, climbing a mountain? right? To get back down safely. And to get back down safely, you need different sets of equipment. But the bottom line is if you're going to climb Mount Everest, you could, you could go out and you could buy all of the equipment that expert climbers use. But if you don't have their skill set, then all of that equipment is completely useless. You need to use their skill sets in order to be able to get down. That's why 85% of people die on Mount Everest on the way down. Most people don't know that, but that's true. They spend all their energy getting up to the top. And when they get to the top, coming back down, they still got to go 29,000 feet down, right? So do you invest in coaching for yourself, either in golf and or business? Yes, I'm not perfect. And, and I know that. And the only way to get there, is you have to 
be humble and realize that if you want to get better, you have to be better and, and realize that there's somebody out there that can always assist and better your game, your life, yeah. your, your career, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, I would fall into that 85%, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I, so would I. I, just, <laughs> I probably would just be, I'd say, listen. Retirement it's distribution, I'm going to be fine. But yeah, climb the mountain, fast, I don't know. Yeah, probably know? faster for me to, to roll down the hill than it would be to try to, <laughs> I, you know, and I've never skied or snowboarded, but I'm sure that would be a lot of fun. It is. It is. possible. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like, so in terms of equipment, I, I couldn't agree more. You have the right tools around you. You still need to have the right skills just because you buy the best golf club or the best drivers. I mean, you're going to hit the ball the furthest. You have to have the skill. You got to have the want and desire to to achieve that status or or that next level. Um, and so, folks, we are Infinity X replay. We are Infinity We are Infinity X YouTube, Apple and Spotify. And again, if you have a question for Rich, you know, by, by all means, please put it into the chat. But we're going to focus and move over into what you're what you're currently up to right now. Right. So you you get the idea. When did you? Well, actually, let me go back. When did was a clear cut for you that you wanted to pursue law? Oh, uh, probably I had to be young, five, six, seven years old. And people say, how, how do you even know what a lawyer is? Or I didn't want to be a lawyer. I wanted to be a judge. I used to love the show. I was about to say it wasn't because you needed yeah. one, right? I used, to, <laughs> no, no. I used to love the show, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Oh, yeah. So sure. who doesn't, oh, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. So I oh, would, Uncle Phil. Uncle Phil. So yeah, absolutely. I, I was like, you know, I want to, I love the law. That would be fun to be a judge. He's so respected and, and it's a, it looks like a fun job. But as you, as you grow up and start learning, I'm like, I always chose that path. I always loved history. And that was my major in college was history and criminology. Um, I like, I love the, all the world wars. I love learning. Like I was saying before. It's so interesting. Too. So yeah, like, it's... you know, our constitution, I find so interesting and as boring as some, some people probably don't know what it is, but there we have, you know, this bill of rights definitely should read and understand. And I take interest. In, I love our constitution. Um, it's so, con constantly being updated. right? And that's and what's great about it yeah. because Current events can change the law. There could be new policies that are passed by legislatures that people don't realize impact everybody's life in yeah. some in some way, shape, or manner. And then, um, and then, obviously, we have checks and balances. Our whole government's checks and balances: the executive right. branch, legislative branch, the Supreme Court. Um, so it's never ending, and it, and it's always an evolving document or a book as well as law. So from there, I just in school, I always took, I was. Uh, Took interest in the law. So I went from AP government politics in high school to college doing um, law classes. And I knew I, the fastest thing was for me to get out of college to get into law school. That's always what I want to do because that's where I saw my career going. Um, I, when I was younger, I was wanting to be a Supreme Court justice. I said, all right, well, you know, how many people get an opportunity there? So that's... probably, probably not going to be there for me in life, but it's okay. Yeah. Um, so then I, I went to law school. I ended up going to uh, Barry University in uh, School of Law in Orlando, Florida. A funny story with that is um, we get the get the acceptance letter. Super excited because my parents are divorced. So um, I was living up here with my mother and my father and and most of that side of the family is in Florida. Okay. So I was you know I would see them regularly, but um, and when I can, you know, for every few months, but now I'm like, all right, I can go to law school. That's relatively in the proximity of where everybody lives. So I could spend so some time, spend time down there. Yeah, right. Sure, which sure. is what I did. So mm -hmm. thinking that I was going to Miami though. So if anybody knows Barry university, their main campus is in Miami gardens. So I get the letter. I'm super excited. Oh, I said, boy. this is, this is awesome. <laughs> oh, okay. going to be in Miami, be on the beach. <laughs> Who's going to be better than me right now? Um, 
So um, my we, week before we're supposed to report, we get an email saying, please report to the satellite campus in Orlando, Florida. Orlando, Orlando Florida. <laughs> that's different. Like yeah. oh, we got to stop for two for a two hour drive and then finish up. So we realized, wait, this it's actually in Orlando. This is where's the fine print. <laughs> uh, not that. So you kind of, no. yeah. So you kind of oh get a little um, taken back. You're like, oh, I went from the beach and partying in Miami to Disney World. So now, now I'm hanging out with the mouse. Yeah, now yeah, I'm hanging right. out with the mouse. So, um, so we show up, and I come to realize I'm not the only one that that it happened. To. Everybody else thought it was Miami too. Right. So it was oh like, oh right, yeah, well, not not everybody, but most of the people. Yeah. Brilliant marketing, by the way, on behalf yes. of that college. If you want to get people to go, just tell them it's in Miami, and then have it be in Kiss Me, right? You know, <laughs> that's exactly that's incredible. So my law partner Joshua Cedino. Um, he, him and I went to law school together. We started in the same class and that's how we met. Yep. But, um, he's from Long Island originally. Okay. And he had the same thing. He thought he was going to Miami cause it come to find out we all got duped. We're in uh, Orlando. <laughs> so we, uh, we ended up going three years there, but, um, during law school, which was awesome is, and I love sharing the story. I, I wish I knew this in college. Like I should have studied abroad in college because mm. you get to see the world mm-hmm. and you get to see the world, the history. Um, different countries, different laws, right? It's right. not every not, not everybody follows the American way. We, you know, everybody has their own system. Isn't so. that incredible? Well, I, I feel like America, myself included, I feel like Americans just forget that when you go to a foreign country, it's not the American way, it's their way. Right. You know, right. And sometimes we're just stubborn. We say, no, no, it's this way. Right. No, right. no actually, it's right. not, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so we, um, so I never did it in college, but I would love to have traveled to uh, various different countries and just learn about you know, their history. But so in law school, I get to my, finish my first uh, 1L year, they call it. So law school is three years, 1L, 2L, and 3L. And then you take your bar. So after my 1L year, I I do my law school's summer abroad program, which was in, um, we're in outside of Madrid in uh, El Escorial in Spain. So it was cool. So I got to travel, uh, see Spain. We went to, I saw Barcelona, Ibiza, um, or Ibiza, yeah, Ibiza. I, I say it right because I, I know there'll be a lot of comments on there at some point. Um, uh, Madrid, well, I went to uh, Rome in Italy, went to Paris. Oh, incredible! And then, um, what it, an experience! It, it was a great experience, but it gets even better. So now, go to law school in second year. So I finished my 2L year. So now, Josh and I, he goes, You know, you had so much fun last year, I want to come this year. I said, Sure, let's go. Mm-hmm. So we're going to study now with. Penn State's law program because you can choose oh, wow. any other law school to study with. Okay, yeah, because we Penn didn't State want a good law, uh, law a great law school. Too, right? They yeah. had a great program. Yep. Um, and part of the reason we like them is one, they're a great law school, great mm-hmm. program, and that they're going to be in Italy. So <laughs> perfect. So last year was Spain. Yeah. Now we'll go to Italy. So the main hub that we're going to be was going to be in Florence and in Italy. So it starts off with Josh goes. I'm going to go see some. Of, he's going to meet some of his friends in Europe, and he goes meet me in Amsterdam. I said okay. So, oh boy. So I met him in Amsterdam <laughs> and I'll save that, those stories. Yeah. For yeah. Another, this is a podcast. PG. Yeah. Right. This is a PG podcast. Um, <laughs> we had a great time. Yeah, so, sure. so we, I did as a, like a layover. So we had a layover. Is that where cannabis law came into play, by the way? <laughs> we'll, we'll go down now. <laughs> <laughs> it may have influenced. Yeah. <laughs> right. um, so we, I meet him in Amsterdam and then we go from there. We're, we're going to travel to Milan because then Milan, we got to take the train to Florence. So we got to see a lot of Italy. And that trip specifically, we went all over the place. We went to Berlin, which was an awesome time. We went to uh, all up and down Italy. So we were at Positano, Sorrento, Siena, Rome. That's again, incredible. 
Um, it was, it was absolutely amazing. But the reason why I went down to where we traveled and why the two L year was really exciting is one part of our trip, we had to go to Rome for the week to learn. Okay. And it was taught by Justice Anton Scalia. If everybody remembers, Justice Scalia made the headline news in 2016. He passed away. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. And, right. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was you know, putting two and two together. And you had, yeah, yeah. you had everybody fighting over who was going to be next, next Supreme Court justice picked in his wow. place. Wow. So we were fortunate enough in 2012 to learn from him. And we had, I don't know, 40 or 50 people in this whole program. And oh, my I'm, God. It was an intimate setting. It was very intimate. And I was wow. one of two people raising my hand. So Anybody that knows that ever taught me is I like to speak. I like to learn <laughs> whether you think my question is relates to the matter or not. That's I can't that, imagine why you're a lawyer, right? right? It, it depends <laughs> on who you talk to in the court. Um, you know? But it was, it was awesome just to learn from him, it, you know, whether you, you agree with his ideology or not. Yep. Um, it just, it's that type of mind to teach you is just fantastic. What was your um, folks? We are infinityx.com. We are infinityx YouTube for the replay. We're joined by Rich Sanvanero and Rich. Um, what was your first, uh, offer once you pass the bar. So I passed my, I passed my New Jersey, New York bar. Um, I ended up working as a law clerk for judge Rafano, Christopher Rafano in Middlesex. Okay. Um, it was awesome. Awesome clerkship. It's you learn a lot. Yeah. And the best part about a clerkship is, um, you get to see the ins and outs of the court, how it, how it wow. works, how it operates okay. the motion practice. There's some fantastic attorneys in New Jersey that, filed some great motions that we were able to um, I was able to review on my desk with the judge and talk about and just learn like, and, and shape my mind as to how do I, as an attorney advocate for that client? Because when you're a law clerk, you're a neutral, you're not advocating or writing the order up a certain way. Mm. You're writing it based on the law or based on the judge's discretion. So it was great learning from there. Um, and then from there, I, I had an offer to become an associate attorney in the area. And I, I took that and then um, started my legal career. Got it. And now, unlike, you know, unlike financial planning right, or our company, I think sometimes it can be a little bit suspect when a law firm positions themselves almost like a one stop shop. But you are literally like a, you're a mutual fund of the law. I mean, yeah. you literally are like a one-stop shop. And I, you know, as I go through and by, by the way, folks, the website um, is uh, www.thesclawoffice.com. That's where you can find Rich and his partner. Um, but uh, what did you, what were you passionate about as you're going? Did you, did, did you have an idea of what areas of the law that you wanted to focus upon? And then part B to that is, did you know that you're ultimately going to need a partner? Sure. Absolutely. So um, it, when I, like I said before, I come from a divorced family. So I was raised, you know, I was two years old going to dad's house every other weekend. I didn't know what a, what a uh, family unit was. And obviously <clears throat> that was a big impact in my life. So sure. I knew like helping others, or if I can help a family or children or whatever it may be, na navigate anybody with their problems, help them find that, that resolution, then I'm doing well for what I want to do. Um, and it's not about, it's not about the um, compensation of the job. That's not why I'm in it because I, I'm a big believer as to you have to be passionate about what you're doing for work because you're never going to work a day in your life. And I don't it's, feel, oh, I, so and I don't feel that I work a day. It's in so true. Yeah. Um, Cause I can make such an impact. So well, very well said. I started off with, I had a family clerkship and then I was hired to do family law. But when I took the job, the, um, the firm asked me, they said, listen, are you, um, are you open to doing other areas of law? I said, sure. Because again, 
I'm a newer attorney at that point. I don't know all the areas of law because in law school, the problem with law school, in my opinion, is that you learn all the areas of the, you learn all these different areas of law. But they don't dive deep. But they don't, no, they don't teach you like realistic procedure and what you need in life. Like you can't just go to court because you don't know what you're doing at that point. Listen to this folks, by the way. We can tell you all about the, you know, constitutional law and contract law, but what good are you if you have no practical experience? So I think that's what law schools need to change is add some kind of practical component to, um, to, to the education. So anyway, so I get hired by this firm. They say, we want you primarily to do the family, any family work that we get, but we also do more than just that. And I said, okay, what else do you do? <laughs> a lot of stuff that's on my website is what we did. Uh, well, uh, civil litigation, which I end up liking because um, Fangby has experience in the family uh, part. You know that it's very emotionally, emotionally driven. Um, and the civil part I like is because people can make sound business decisions that make sense. And it's not about winning. Like in the family part, people try to just win or beat up that not physically yeah but, but like they're they're going after what they're going they're, after they're going there's after, spite there there's a lot of spite a, a lot right and that's imagine. and that's what yeah. drives a lot of people say oh my divorce cost me x dollars or this i'm in the five-year litigation for this yeah i'll cuss you about because it's not about what's in the best interest of that child it's not about what's in the best interest for you or your soon-to-be ex-spouse and moving forward they're about to torch and scorch the earth because they just want to make the other person either not happy or something. Right. Exactly. And I think that's like, it's hard to change that mentality out there because people say, I understand, I won't do that, but that's not what the results and what everybody sees because otherwise there wouldn't be a lot of uh, family law attorneys in business. So two things on family law. First is like, so what do you do if, if, if a new prospective client is referred to you um, and you know, Happens all the time. Unfortunately, the divorce rate in the U.S. Yeah. is so much higher now than it's ever been, you know. Um, but uh, and by the way, I totally agree with what you said about law school and higher education in general. Yeah. Right. But what do you do when, you know, let's say from myself as an example, I'm, I'm referred to you and I'm meeting you for the first time and I am just I'm a ball of fire, you know, I'm a ball of fire and I'm, I'm angry and I want to go after absolutely everything. And I want to go guns blazing. How, what's your approach in rapport build number one. And then, you know, not necessarily talking me off the ledge, but, but shaping and framing what the outcome could look like. Sure. So you have to, the first thing to do, especially, especially in families, you got to manage the expectations. Hmm. It's people want come in my office all the time. They want the divorce over tomorrow. I would love for that to happen. Not going to happen. It's not going to happen realistically because yep. there's so much that's involved. Unless you really are talking no assets, very, short, very, very short-term marriage right. and probably no children. I don't see how that's possible to do it so short-term because you have to manage expectations. Here's what needs to be done first. We, if, the other thing is we need to make sure that your emotions are in check because I need to have you competent when we have a conversation, right? right? Yep. Can't have you all over the place because if you don't understand what I'm saying, what good am I to you as your attorney? So I would, I would refer that person to see a divorce coach um, at which, or a therapist, as people may know them otherwise. And people should not take that to be offensive nowadays because they say to somebody, if you thought about speaking to some uh, to a therapist. It's a privilege. And, you know, it's people, like it's, you people deserve sometimes that, close you know? up on you and say, well, yeah. I'm not crazy. They're the crazy one. Right. Oh, my and, gosh. And it, yeah, can, and it happens yeah. all the time. But yeah. it's, it's about the delivery is big, too. You got to make sure how you deliver your message is the right way because, again, you can get the same point across and just comes out to how the delivery is. Um, so that's big too, is maybe have that person 
meet with the therapist, get their emotions in check, especially if they're coming to you to, to let's say it's a divorce mm-hmm. and they're coming to you to file for a divorce first. You have all the time in the world on your side, right? Because that other spouse either knows or doesn't know at that point. So you can get what you need to, uh, to get together for the, to prep for that divorce. Be also before you time. sign, right? right. Because, yeah. You can still, they can still sign up with you. Mm. doesn't mean you have to do any work on the file. Oh, you, oh okay. I, I'm right. talking yeah, about, yeah. you don't have to, you know, they yeah. can retain you mm-hmm. to give them advice and lead them uh, along the way to get what they need necessary to get the process started. We don't have to do that work with them right then and there. You can explain to them, listen, let's get, let's do this part first and let's do that part second. And if you want to move forward right now, we can do that too. Mm-hmm. But here's yep. the pros and cons of doing so. And that happens all the time. Um, but then obviously every case, every divorce case is or every family case, I should say, because there are a lot of people that are not getting married today, more millennials, um, that they're choosing to live together. They still have children. Um, so the divorce word is not the right word to use, but there's a lot of family um, conflicts that need to be resolved and you need to do it delicately. You need to maybe make sure the children are taken care of, right. things like that. So it, there's a great process in family law that we're using called collaborative divorce. Collaborative divorce. Yes. Okay. Now- for anybody that doesn't know what collaborative divorce is, it's an alternate dispute resolution method than just going to litigate your case. Because you go to litigate, you, all you're doing is your attorneys are winning. You're going to pay your attorneys to fight over whatever it is. And you're going to ask a, somebody sitting in a black robe to make a decision um, that they may not know your family as best as you. So if you're fighting over children and parenting time and all that stuff, the parents really are the best people to tell you what's best for little Johnny, sure. you know, whether it's sure. playing baseball or not playing baseball, yeah. instead of having the court say, all right, he can go, little Johnny can go to dad's on this day or mom's on that day. Um, so the collaborative process is an open and honest uh, upfront look amongst the litigants with, they can use their attorneys, they can use financial professionals, mm-hmm. they can use therapists, they can use anybody that may need to be necessary to be used in there. Um, but the benefit of the collaborative divorce is that it keeps everybody open and honest. So if there's a problem or one spouse doesn't like what's happening, they can terminate the process at any point in time. And all those professionals that were in there now cannot um, represent that party or Got it. anybody else Got in it. further litigation. So, yep. so the, the con to those parties doing that is that now they just wasted all that money. So it keeps them invested and in, 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 with their time and money into the process. Sure, of course. Of course. Um, if you choose not to do that, then there's mediation, which everybody I'm sure knows what a mediator is. Anybody who's seen uh, Wedding Crashers. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So a mediator would be a neutral third party that takes no position to either side, tries to help facilitate um, an agreement and try to get a resolution rather than, again, going the litigious route, going to court, having a trial and having a black robe pull it. You, uh, you go to mediator and, and a lot of times they're also great options. But if it, the process breaks down, you can go to court and you can keep your professionals that you've hired or in your corner to still represent you. So mediation is, is very big and um, popular as well. And then there's obviously arbitration. And everybody's like, well, what's the difference between arbitration and mediation? Mm. Um, I'm not sure if you know yourself. Do you- I actually don't understand the difference between the two. So a lot of people don't. So arbitration is pretty much having a trial, but with a, either a private attorney being the arbitrator or a retired judge typically. Mm-hmm. And that person is calling the case in a much faster and uh, much faster process than you would be going to court because anybody knows if you tried a family case, you're sitting at that courthouse the day of trial, maybe you get a half hour in or an hour in of your case. Now your client paid you eight hours to sit there. 
massive amount of hours. To I can't even imagine how much money that and, is. You know, and it's like, not, you're not going to get back to back trial days. So now you're going to come back three weeks later, oh. three months later. So who wants to do that? Right? No. So people yeah, want right. to be divorced today, yeah. divorced now. <laughs> I know. So they're willing sometimes to hire oh a, um, a professional to act as an arbitrator. And then the attorneys can, like myself, can represent that person, put on their case and we can get an order and a decision, a decision that then we can go to the court and file. Folks, we are Infinity X. This is Rich Sanbonero. Replay at weareinfinityx.com. We are Infinity X YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. And so um, what are some things from a prep from a prep perspective that, you know, for, for couples that are married currently, and I, I listen, by the way, folks, I'm not endorsing divorce here. Okay. That's not what I am doing, but you know, you don't, in, you don't in, have to stats, just right, the stats, yeah, the stats kind of speak for themselves, <laughs> but in, you know, in financial planning, rich, you know, a lot of times, yeah. you know, we do things like beneficiary designation, right? Right. We do that a lot. What are some, th- and, and we also see quite frequently when people, you know, uh, get divorced, right? That they forget to change beneficiary designations on things like life insurance, on things like 401ks or IRA accounts. And those supersede, right? Like last will and testaments. I've never never seen that happen in all my practice. Isn't that? Yeah, right. So when, so like, what, what, what's some advice that you could put out there to folks? So I like what I like to do if I, especially if I have the I can have both, both spouses earn, but if I have the spouse, pretend, let's say the spouse that's not working or the spouse that doesn't really know all that's, the- that's got to be a challenge. Domestic engineer is the hardest job in the world, but still I got yeah. yeah. So like if I have yeah. the spouse that knows that, listen, you know, my husband or my wife takes care of all this. I don't really know what it is, but oh I think God. we have something yeah. immediately in my mind, the bell rings to refer this person to a professional financial professional that can help look and try to figure out what does post-marriage life look like, if possible, or help them prepare, I don't know if you guys do, a case information statement. Do you know mm-hmm. what those are? Uh, so, like a fact finder almost? Or so like you, like you'd yeah, set yeah. a budget for what the family needs or ah. like the budget that they do monthly. Because that's a great help for us family law attorneys out there. Um, if we can have a financial professional that can help our clients set up a case information statement. Yep. That, that's tremendous because now we know when we're going into court or we're going to argue this case that um, we our client needs X dollars a month to survive. Um, and we can now use that because that's going to help us get our case moving or towards a resolution. Well, what's so great about financial planning tools, folks, yeah. by the way, some of the things that we use is that it actually itemizes all of that for us. So, you know, we can just run a report for you that, and here you go. And that's you know, exactly just, what a case of information yeah. statements and yeah. itemized lifestyle, a financial lifestyle for your marriage. That's incredible. So like yeah. your, um, your rent, your mortgage payment, your sure. food, your buying, utilities, your gas, those, utilities yeah. yep. everything. And yep. it's, so you probably, you probably have familiarity with it. It's just maybe a document, but it's, it's awesome to, for uh, any financial professional to help any client that we have. Um, and it really goes into even more so you can have, um, like the domestic violence world too. Like I'll handle oh, that yeah. a lot. That's not a fun world to be in, but I can't, I, uh, it's, I, I can't imagine that it's, and it's not only physical, um, people think domestic violence is physical. Oh, no, 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 no. It could, it goes beyond that. Yeah. It could, you know, it could be <clears throat> mental. Um, it, 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 it could be various ways, especially if somebody's in a, you know, marital situation with somebody like a narcissist or something like that, you know, unfortunately, it could be a a romantic relationship gone bad or people living in the same household together. There's that it's sad. It's sad because um, there's a lot of people that 
are within what they call the cycle of domestic violence that um, want to seek help, but they're scared to. Ugh. And it's either something yeah. has to something that has to happen yeah. that's detrimental for them to seek that. Be, uh, but I think today there's a lot more awareness out there. And I hope that those people have um, that can speak up for themselves sooner or later. Yeah. Yeah. And so, folks, again, we are Infinity X. We are InfinityX.com. <clears throat> Replay it. We are InfinityX.com. There's a question that came into the chat. Parker, what do you got? That is a phenomenal, phenomenal question, Parker. Thank you so much. So the question that just came into the chat, whoever put that in, shout out to you because that was a great question. Yeah. And this is entrepreneurship. Sure. Right? What was the transition from you moving from the original firm, right? to owning and founding, owning and starting your own firm. So as everybody can imagine, you have fear of uh, <laughs> <laughs> the big four letter word. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause you don't know, you don't know if that phone's going to ring. You don't know if that email's going to come in. Oh my God. Uh, it's, it's tough, right? Yeah. It's scary. Yeah. And it's the biggest five letter word is scary. Yeah. Um, and then on top I'm not just an attorney anymore, right? So now I have to be a business you owner. You have to be a business owner. I have to make sure a payroll is done. You got to make sure I had to find a place for, uh, to have, put an office. So you had to sign a lease. And, you know, anybody signs a lease for any type of business, they want a, a personal guarantee too, right? Yeah. Um, and then you have to find employees and, and payroll and health insurance. So it, it never stops. So when I can be an attorney, I, I love doing what I do. And then I also have to um, do the back end stuff. But I have we have a great office uh, staff. And that's why you said earlier in the day, um, how do you know you need a partner? Nobody ever needs a partner. But I love that I have a partner because my partner is like my best friend. That's know, incredible. I know that's him for, awesome. I know him for uh, 10, 12 years. Yeah. I, saved, I saved his life. Who wrote to buy sell him or you? I, I did. I, 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 I did, but he did too. But, you know, it, it's great. And um, I, I, so I saved him in Italy. So he's going to say, ah, oh, I, I know right now he's probably saying, no, that's not true. He's probably watching this at home. And I'm going to tell it anyway, because I have the mic and you don't. Yes. Uh, right. Yes. Stage and microphone, right? You're one up right now. Yeah. That's right. So we're in, we're in Florence and Josh is out one night and, and he's trying to get a taxi cab for friends to go back. And at the time, I think the iPhone four was out. Oh my God. Cause, yeah. cause I think I had sure, Blackberry yeah. at the time. So I didn't yep. have an iPhone at this point. And yep. it's just 2012. Yep. So uh, there's a, Josh's side of the story is that some 90 year old man comes over by his, his pant leg and starts patting him around and he thinks nothing of it. And guess what? There's no cell phone in his pocket when he goes to look. So now he's left in a foreign country Listen, for another I've three weeks. I've heard that pickpockets right. are everywhere right. over there, right? Yeah, no, I, my in-laws were telling me when they were in Barcelona that they were, were so, getting followed by the pickpockets. Exactly. You so know? shout out to his mother, Meryl. She's like my best friend too. Right. And right. you know, don't worry, Richie, take care of my son over this. I made sure his son came back to America safely. You're welcome, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> You're so, welcome, Josh. Yeah. So back to yeah. saying, so having a partner is awesome. And Josh is, is couldn't ask for a better partner there. Yeah. Um, it, we get, you know, get now, where was Josh working, by the way, when you guys made the decision to launch the business? So Josh was, like I said earlier, we went to law school together in Florida. Josh is a native Long Islander. Um, he was working in the city for uh, an in-house counsel job. He was looking to transition, do something different. Okay. And, um, and, and it came to figure out that, you know, we had a lot of similar interests. So we said, let's do this together. Um, I, I commend him all the time because I said, if, I, if the roles were reversed, I wasn't moving to Jersey from Long Island to right. a shot. And he did. Right. Him, his wife, and he has a beautiful baby son, Luca. Um, and, and they did. And you know what? 
God bless them yeah. for that. Yeah. So it's, and it's been great because I know he has my back. I have his back. So back to running a firm, I know I have help if, if I, you know, so Josh and I split the duties of what, what we're going to do in the firm, but I know if I want to go away somewhere, he has my back yep. and vice versa. So <laughs> it's nice to really have a partner there. And Josh's disciplines are centered around, you'd mentioned to me before we got on air, like estate planning and, you know, so what, there's two, yeah. there's two Josh's. Oh, so, okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. so I, I said, there's no other, you, you never meet two Josh's in a room. It's like, it doesn't happen. It's, you know, you'll meet Michael's yeah. John's, uh, you know, but, uh, you two, never, Josh's, right, two right. Josh's. Yeah, that is it's actually like, relatively rare. So yeah. I say Josh squared. So Josh, <laughs> so Josh Sklaren is uh, of counsel with us. He handles a lot of our estate and um, our, our estate side of, of the practice too. If anybody's interested in trusts and estate work, we handle that. Josh Sklaren is really, really um, knowledgeable in that area. Um, Josh Cedino, my partner, him and I, we will overlap with some things that we do, but Josh also takes on some babies of his own and we're into, we're also in the cannabis field. Mm. If anybody's looked at our website. Yep. Um, so Josh has been leading that charge. Um, we'll also do a lot of our civil litigation, uh, real estate at, that will overlap with each other as well. We are going to talk about that in a minute, but yeah. Yep. <laughs> and um and and we'll also do like we'll do some criminal defense, which more municipal court that we're getting. Okay. Um, and we'll both handle those matters, so it's great. And Josh is also doing some family laws. So, when you were like, when when you're launching a business, right? And I and 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 folks, again, we are infinityx.com replay. We are infinityx YouTube. Um, but when we're taking on new entrepreneurs, new um, aspiring business owners, right? Planning is so unbelievably critical yeah. in that space, right? Because you have to be liquid. You have to have leverage, right? You have to have access to liquidity because things go wrong, especially when you're first launching a business. You're not an owner. You're an owner operator, right? And you're doing everything yeah. that you envision that you can outsource, but you just, right? Exactly. At that point, you, you, you don't necessarily yeah. have the capital. And, and I, Yeah, and I want to, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut no, you No, no, please. I want to add one more thing. So we create a business plan. And we didn't know we didn't, right. We didn't know whether the business plan was realistic or not. Um, and but we said if we could stick to this business plan with these, this is what we expect our expenses to be. This is what we expect potentially a, a profit to be. Did you have anybody audit the business plan? No, um, it, it was just conversational between Josh and I, and um, and I think we both agreed that it was a very it, it wasn't conservative. It was a very loose business plan, saying it, at a minimum if we could hit this target mm. will be okay. Mm. And I think we'll, I think we'll surpass that yep. if we just stick to our guns and keep going. Okay. Um, Cause I think as a, any business owner, regardless the law or not, you need to have a business plan in place because you need to know, all right, how do we, you know, we got to get, we get paid last. How do we pay? What expenses do we get paid first? How do we apportion it? So we had to do all that and it's been very helpful to have some kind of plan in place. That's incredible. And by the way, folks, I'm putting out there that if you're thinking about launching a business, number one, you want to get counsel, right? So you obviously want to get in touch with and have conversation with somebody like Rich, right? Or, or Rich himself. Please reach out to Rich. He's incredible. And I don't want to throw another plug out there. We also represent businesses. We form businesses. We do operating agreements. Okay, so stop I, the presses. Hold yep, on a yep. second. Okay, so he does operating agreements, right? So, so folks- you need to get in touch with Rich around if you're thinking about launching a business, yeah. right? There are so many different avenues and things that you have to look at to su successfully launch it. And by the way, you probably won't be profitable the first year. You probably will not be, right? Which is not always the worst thing in the world if you can control growth, but you have to be prepared 
Again, liquidity-wise, you have to be prepared with leverage. You have to be prepared to be able to meet payroll. I have business owners that have had to borrow against their life insurance policies, cash value, in order to be able to meet payroll. That's real. That those things happen. And by the way, COVID, you know, EIDL and all of those different things, access to capital is a huge, huge thing. But um, a business plan going into a business is absolutely of the utmost importance, folks, without a shadow of a doubt, because you have to fork it. It's an accountability measure, especially between partners, right? It's an accountability, accountability measure. But I would also recommend have a coach and or somebody operating as a business consultant, aka Rich, <clears throat> to audit that to take a look at it, to give you some scale and some feasibility to whether or not it, you know, they think that you'd be able to execute on the goals. And here's why it's called a risk analysis. It's really easy to do, but nobody does it. And I don't understand why. So Rich, um, when you launched, when the doors opened, who called? <laughs> <laughs> I, probably, I think my family would check in on me. If I don't. <laughs> Make sure I'm still alive. Um, it, it's, yeah, you when you leave a firm client, you give the client option to come with you or not. So a lot of my clients came to me. So I had, that was ready. The phones are ringing from those clients, but then you're saying, all right, eventually those clients cases are going to end or the, the real estates are going to close. What happens now? You have to find new clients and your new business. You have a new footprint on the internet. You have a foot, new footprint on social media. How do you build that? Hmm. Um, and that's what was really scary is how do I get, how do I get people to know that I'm, this is my new location? How does Josh get people to know that he's now in, in New Jersey? Yep. Um, and how do we grow this business? And what do we do? So um, we're, I was able to reach out to a great friend, Parker Russo. Oh, um, my if, goodness. I don't, know if you, I don't know if you know who he is. Shout know. out to the PJR agency. What's up there, Parker Russo? So That's PJR agency did our website. So if you like the website, you like how it's clean. Thanks. Uh, thanks to Parker. Oh, shout out to Parker as well. We are infinityx.com powered by Parker Russo. Thank so you. It wasn't even, it wasn't even and a kill bond, right? It wasn't even <laughs> an option. I knew that if I'm going to do a business, I first phone call was to Parker and I said, whatever I need to get done. He said, no problem. I, I got you. Outstanding. So it was awesome. So we got all that in place. So, and then I he helped us set up our social media accounts and then we met um, my firm. We will manage our accounts right now. And that's been really helpful. Um, a lot of people off social media will come to us and say, oh, I saw this post. I didn't realize you guys did this and we're building our, our and brand. you plugged this right when you launched. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Fantastic. You know, because so many people are so late to the game. They're like, oh, I got to update my website. You know, no. I mean, like, I'm a firm believer of, you know, it, the more you can be in somebody's face, whether it's a billboard or something, they're going to, they're going to, um, they're going to recall who you are. Mm. So I, I was talking to Josh today and, and I said, yeah, because we have our water bottle now that's a San Bernardino and Cidino on there. So I saw an empty one on his desk. I said, come on, can you leave those for our clients? Goes, that's the only one I took. I said, I said, yeah, but that's one less that we have out there. And I said to him, I said, do you ever see the movie Focus with Will Smith and yeah, Margo? Uh, sure. Yeah. So if you ever seen that movie, um, Will Smith is like a, a con man, right? He does a whole con man and everything. So there's one scene there in New Orleans and they're at Mardi Gras and they're going to um, they're betting at the football game and the guy is taking Will Smith's money and yep. he owes the guy a million dollars, whatever the case may be. And so he tells the guy, make a, you know, pick any number of any player on that field. And if I'm right, then uh, I'll get the money. If not, you'll get the money. And the guy picks the number that Will Smith guessed, you know why? Because he branded himself all day there in that mm -hmm. specific scene. 
Yeah, the, I think it was number was 55, and it was 55 everywhere, whether it was on somebody's lapel, it was in the chandelier. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to brand San Bernardino and Cidadino everywhere. Um, we're not billboards, but we have website presence. We have um, social media presence. We have just our, our, person, our persona presence out in the community. Um, and I like to give back and everything. So I like to volunteer my time. And that helps too, because people remember that and, and they think about you. Oh, mackerel. Folks, we are infinity. This is a rock star on my stage. We are infinityx.com. We are infinityx YouTube for the replay. We have another uh, question that came into the chat. Uh, came into the chat, Parker. What do you got, brother? Phenomenal, phenomenal question. Shout out to the uh, <clears throat> good folks out there for continuing to ask really, really compelling questions. So the uh, the question that came in was, when you um, are looking at you know building out a team, right. what are some characteristics that you take a look at for a key employee? So I like to, the, we started the firm with four people and I like to say we're family, right? Um, we, I knew Josh, I knew our office manager and I knew our paralegal. And the best part about that is the key part to building a team is you gotta have trust, you yep. gotta have loyalty yep. and you have to have people that are open-minded to learning and changing, right? Um, if you have somebody who's set in their ways, they may not mesh well if you need something done. And the hardest part that, I have to be too, is I have to be their boss and I love them as people, right? And they're my good friends and all that stuff, but I have to also be their boss when we're at work, Yeah, but I can be their friend when we're not. So it's tough to, to take that hat off. And and it's never, it's, it's never, never easy. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I never really had to take that hat off because I love who I work with. And I know that they're, they're getting their job done. And if they're not getting their job done within the hours they need to do it, then they ask for help. And that's the best part about it. You can't be Superman or Superwoman by yourself. You need to have a team because you need to have you need to elevate others around you and the other people that elevate, elevate you too. So that's how you get to the next level. You got to elevate a great team around you. Incredible. And, that, and that's what we do there. Um, you know, we look to have people that are personable that we know that can fit in because the worst thing you want is to add a toxic person into a great environment because then you're going to have one bad person who's going to make five bad people now. And is that like a higher, slow, fire, fast type deal? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, eventually when we get to that point, you know, we'll take our time and figure out who's the right fit for yep. that need. Yep. Yep. So. Absolutely. Folks, we are infinityx.com. Uh, we got, we got the five minute warning right there. I love that. Yep. How has this been 55 minutes? I don't know. I was just about to say that. Like, I don't know. This is, I, I could go on for hours Rich, and hours. Seriously, and hours. Uh, Rich, uh, well, you know what? Guess what, folks? We're just going to have to have him come back on, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and your partner, by the way. Shout out to Josh. Um, but uh, folks, we are, uh, we are infinityx.com replay, and we are infinityx YouTube. And um, we, we talked about, um, or you mentioned a couple of areas that, that you also do consulting on. And one of those is, uh, business consulting, yes. right? Business consulting yes. and whether it's a, it's, it's a startup business or a pre-existing business. So can you talk a little bit about, sure. give me two things, actually, if you don't mind, talk a little bit about what you do consulting businesses. And then if you could hit economic for a moment, what are businesses, what are challenges that businesses are facing right now that you're coming into? Sure. A lot of business are, a lot of challenges that businesses are facing are more of like their PNL. Like they don't know how to forecast their projections of how much money can we spend on whatever employees, payroll, labor, material for whatever job it is? Because they don't know if contracts are going to get paid. Mm. So a lot of things that we'll do, a lot of services besides obviously the operating agreement and formation is we have some clients, some really big clients that we act as out of house counsel. So oh, wow. their in-house counsel will reach out to us if there's a problem with a client of theirs or customer not paying. And we'll, we'll be able to assist that client. Um, 
in recovery of that money or service, whatever it may be. And vice versa, it doesn't only have to be business representation. If you're a customer of a business and you've been wronged some way, we can help that customer too. And that falls into like our civil litigation category. But with businesses, more or less, um, we can come in and I fix their contracts all the time. Mm. A lot of people don't realize that they're in in the state of New Jersey specifically, there's uh, the Consumer Fraud uh, Act. And there's a lot of businesses that do not comply in their contracts right off the bat. And they'll come in, they'll consult with me as to why am I sitting here with this lawsuit? And I'll tell them right off the bat, you make, you're an easy target for any attorney because you already have a per se violation by that contract that you gave that customer not conforming. <laughs> oh my God. And you find a lot of times, I don't want to nitpick uh, as to the, our contractors out there, but it, I've been doing this for 70 years, 50 years, family business, 20 years. Yes. Ha- I'm a yes, handshake yes, deal handshake. type of guy. That does not work. I'm sorry. We're in 2022 but... folks. Yeah. And unfortunately <laughs> there's, you know, it doesn't work that way anymore. This is not the eighties, nineties, whenever that, that could take place because um, it, it's, there's too much litigation out there. You need to protect yourself and I can do that. My firm can do that. We've have done that. Um, so I fix the contracts. That's a big issue. I tell them, let me see a contract. They have times they don't, they're, I don't want to give my client a three, five, seven, nine page contract. It's going to scare them. I want to give my client this one page uh, back and forth. And I said, you can't do that. Like you're going to give that you, one, you're going to, you're not going to be able to recover your costs. Mm. So a big thing that people don't realize is in New Jersey, it's the American way. And what people mean, what is that? Um, American way is you pay your own way. You pay your own attorney, unless there's either statutory provision that allows you to recover or you have a, a contractual term with that party. So unless there's really been like a violation of a consumer fraud act, you're going to pay your own way for your own attorney and they're going to pay their own way. And, and there's plenty of cases I've been a part of where it's tens of thousands of dollars later and we're still not at trial. So that's a business expense. You have to realize as a business owner, you could be looking at that. However, if you draft, if I draft or any attorney, or you just look at your contracts and you draft your contracts in a, a more sensible manner, you can put in there fee shifting. So you can have that wow. person pay Woo. your attorney's fees and you can collect on there because as your meter runs, mm-hmm. their meter runs too. And now they have to realize that they're going to pay potentially two attorney's fees at the end of a case that you can collect. Now, again, the biggest thing I was telling everybody, you can't get blood out of a stone. So <laughs> yeah, if you have, if you have somebody that just has no means to pay, you got to make that business decision, whether it's worth going after them or not. But if you have somebody that can pay, and you have that provision on there and you have the facts behind you and, and everything else, your attorney can probably lead you in the right direction as to what to do. Talk about for a moment, how many businesses that you run across that have inappropriate and or no buy sell. Oh, oh. folks, a buy 99%. sell. Yeah. Can you go into what a buy sell arrangement is for a moment? Because if, ladies and gentlemen, if you have a business partner, you need to listen to this, right? You need to a buy sell agreement essentially would say if, for instance, if Josh and I want to split up our price, I'm going to keep it easy for our, our, our viewers. If Josh and I wanted to separate, we have a buy-sell agreement in place. It means that our business is valued at X dollars, and we would have some kind of policy through a financial professional, typically, that would be able to come in and buy out that partner. Or, God forbid, Josh should pass or I should pass, then our estate can be bought out because, again, you don't want to be partners with somebody that you're not agreeing to be partners with. Mm. It could be a spouse, could be an estate. So the buy-sell agreements put a valuation on there and put some protection as to how do you get paid your interest out of the business at that point. And you know what's incredible, folks, also, and we're going to kind of conclude on this because I know we're coming up at the top of the hour, but um, 
I see as a financial professional all the time. And as you know, somebody who operates very heavily in the insurance space, mm -hmm. right? I see all the time buy sell arrangements that are funded by life insurance, right? I very, very rarely see buy sell arrangements that have disability insurance. Yes. DI, DI buy sell is something that is incredibly relevant that nobody, that nobody talks about. Do you write DI buy sell as well? I, I have DI buy sell personally. And Let's speak about that. Yes, yes, yes. And absolutely. I think that's a great point because a lot of people don't realize they, they get turned off when they hear, oh, disability insurance. Why am I going to pay somebody or pay into something to, for me to get hurt? They, and it, and it's it, never going to happen to me. It's bad karma. Oh, it's, yeah. you know, I don't- One out of three. <laughs> that goes back to people with wills, right? Yeah. We, we do a lot of, we'll do a lot of wills for people, but people don't, there's not a lot of people that have wills and that's the other problem out there. Right. Oh, I didn't need to. I didn't plan my bucket list, bucket list, bucket list. Right, bucket they didn't list. plan to, to pass away at 40. Uh, things happen, right? You know, and now what do you do? Now this person has a will and it becomes a tremendous amount of burden on your family or your next of kin or whoever's left to hold in the bag to try to resolve does. the estate. Yep. Yep. But the DI buy sell real yep. quickly. Why did you write in disability specifically? What would happen? Because this, this way... You could you could take the payroll off. You can go into you know you don't have to burden your firm if somebody's unable. Like if I'm unable to practice, and now for a certain period of time my DI policy would kick in, and Josh wouldn't have to worry about how are we going to find money to pay my salary too, well, which is which is a benefit there because it could keep the firm afloat or your business afloat. Absolutely, but also the person that's disabled. Like folks, think about this for a second. If you're if you're operating a good business, it's growing. Right. And, the, and you talk about a business plan and part of your business plan is yeah. forecasting growth. Well, if I got sick or if I got hurt and I'm Josh's partner, right? Well, Josh is going to continue to accelerate uh, or excuse, Josh Rich is going to continue to accelerate with his income level. But I'm sick and I'm sick or I'm injured. So what am I losing out on from a potential revenue perspective? Right. So that can be written into a disability buy sell as well. Um so final, final um, is, is where are you taking this firm? Oh, What's the skill? What's the vision? Elon Musk said it best, to the moon. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> You're going to take uh, a ride in his, uh, it, in his rocket ship? <laughs> That's it. Um, no, I mean, listen, we hope to be a formidable force in the area. We hope to be, you know, we want to be in business for the rest of our lives, right? Whether it's in Red Bank or another area of New Jersey or another state, um, we, we are licensed to practice in New York, New Jersey, Florida, and, and district of Columbia. So we have other, we have other areas of law that we can practice any needs. So we have a lot of snowbirds that will assist, but yeah, I mean, we love to, we love what we're doing and we'd love to first, we got to figure, we got to make sure we grow this and we're hoping that we're doing that each day by day. And uh, we're humble to the experience. It's a very exciting experience the whole way. Oh, Rich. Okay. Folks, um, this has been Rich Sanvanero. Rich, you are an absolute beast, my friend. I can't thank you oh, enough. Really. Thank Seriously, you so much for having me. It's been, a, it's been an absolute blast. Folks, we are Infinity X, bringing human excellence each and every single week. Replay at weareinfinityx.com. We are Infinity X YouTube, Spotify, Apple iTunes. This has been Rich Sanvanero. Uh, you can get them at the SC Law Firm. Dot com. Oh, S I the last. It it's the it's www. The word the t h e. The letters s c like San Bernardino Citadino lawoffice.com. Phone number also if you don't know how to use a computer 732-743-9665. Folks, again, we continue to bring value each and every single week, or we seek to bring value, and I pray that you're finding that value. 
We are also continuing to build out our ecosystems with incredible people like Rich and his firm. And I see you in my future, brother. I think that there's Absolutely. a lot that we're going to be able to Absolutely. do together. Um, and folks, again, thank you for spending some time. We continue to bring people each and every single week that we think are going to provide a powerful and timely message to you entrepreneurs, right? To you people that are looking to scale and to grow. Um, again, thank you for spending time with us tonight. Dave Harder, we are infinityx.com saying have a great Tuesday. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Infinity X. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube by searching We Are Infinity X. Until next time.